two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles. It's Crayon Film! Tonight, we've got Aaron Coleman and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Just go with the usual stuff, you know? Something dark and ominous, like losing your penis is a bad thing, on this week's Hawaiian episode. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film, sobering talk about movies. I'm Chris Maxwell, I'm your host. Welcome to episode 247. After this, we have a mere one, two, three episodes left in our entire run. Six-year run of High on Film. So thank you for joining us this late in the game. If this is your first episode, well, I'm very surprised. If it's not... You know it, but, you know, for those few people, we choose guests, they choose movies, and uh, this uh, ensues shortly after LA's only irrelevant podcast, game, show, movie, review, podcast. There you go. Today, we are doing the acclaimed comedy, Forgetting Sarah Marshall from 2008, directed by Nicholas Stoller, written by my friend and yours, Jason Siegel. Everyone loves him. Uh, of course, the movie smack dab in the middle of the Apatoverse, and um, what now serves as the prequel to get him to the Greek. How about that? Look at that. Don't look at it. Just hear, hear it. It's a podcast. Let's get to my co-host. He is the man who is right to the left. The co-host from the couch, the podcaster of Disaster, the walking Kevin Bacon game, and the Brad Davis that God gave us. My co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Hello. Hello, Brad. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? Doing well. Excellent. Doing well, yeah. You love Jason Siegel. I know that. I do. I'm a big fan. How I Met Your Mother. Yes. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's the big one. Yep. Uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Funny and Knocked Up. Funny and Undeclared, Knocked Up. Undeclared, I saw not all of them. I've watched it all. Yeah. It's great. It's very good. I loved End of the Tour as well. Oh, End of the Tour. Yeah. That was one of your favorite movies of that year, if it I recall. Was. It was. A couple years back. Yeah, he was terrific. David I can't believe this movie's 10 years Wallace. old. That feels... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but mm -hmm. when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, 2008. Doesn't like, feel 10 years old. It doesn't. No. Boy, it's... It's scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as the technology, I feel like it's still... We're still in that kind of same era. You know, he's Skyping Pete, his stepbrother, and the cell phones don't really look... I guess there's really not really any cell phones in this movie. Very But they're little. on the beach and stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really notice that they don't have like iPhones. Maybe they have flip phones. I don't think they. I didn't see a flip. Okay. I always. I'm always very aware of a, a, a flip in a movie. Hmm. Well, anyway, we should also mention that we watched the unrated version today. I know I've seen the theatrical release. I don't know if I've seen the unrated re the release, but a lot of this seemed very familiar. I know I've caught parts of it on like HBO and stuff before in the past. So who knows? But this was a good one. So this is seven minutes longer than the theatrical release. For all intents and purposes here, listeners, that's to you. <laughs> fair warning. Yep, fair warning. Uh, so if we mention a scene that you're like, what, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. Unrated version. It's those seven minutes you didn't see. But let's get to the guest, who not only chose this movie, but much to my surprise, chose, decided for us to watch the unrated version, because I was ready to do theatrical. Uh, here, well, hold on, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. slow down, Chris. <clears throat> Alright, guys. You've heard her. She's had two collaboration episodes here on High on Film. She's done one in memoriam, and this is her tenth High on Film appearance. She is half of Tiffany and Aaron, and wholly a terrific performer. 
My friend, Aaron Coleman, returns to the show. Hi! Hello, Aaron. There's a Motorola. That's what I was dying to say. A Motorola. They see his phone. Oh, it's a, a Motorola. Motorola. Oh, that does date it. Yeah, it does. But did it bother you? You go, hey. It didn't. I didn't. I don't even think I realized that that dated it. Cause didn't check it. Are there no more Motorolas? I don't. Are they no, mo- uh, no maybe more? Maybe not. I don't know. Back to making motorcycles? <laughs> Was that what they were doing? I don't know. <laughs> Motor. I, I feel like I haven't Roll seen a Motorola, but maybe that's just because I don't pay attention. Yeah. I feel like a toddler would call a motorcycle a Motorola. Maybe, yeah. That's, yeah. A Motorola. <laughs> Motorola. An Italian guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Italian guy. Can't remember the English toddler. word. It's a Motorola. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure in Italian, it's so different. <laughs> Moto bicicleta. Look at that. That's just... Italian. Yeah, English. romance language. Yeah, that's more like what I kind of know of French and Spanish. Right. Yeah, I think the only Italian I know is Prego. Right. The sauce. The sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so Italian. Aaron, welcome back. Well, thanks for having me. Such a delight to have you and making your second appearance in our final 10. Unprecedented. This is very exciting. <laughs> I'm going to tack on to everybody else's. <laughs> and you, of course, were our. Fourth guest ever, and now you're here four from the end. Do you remember what your first movie was? It must have been The Royal Tenenbaums. It must have been. It absolutely was. Uh, Your two collaboration episodes, do you remember what those were? The episodes you've done with other people? Baby Mama. No? Was it? Okay. Yes. Uh, Baby Mama, and then most recently, uh, uh, Josie and the Pussy There you go. There you go. Um, hmm, What else? Oh, do you remember your In Memoriam? Yeah, it was the Fisher King for oh, Robin Williams. It was. Remember That's a very that? special high on film. Mm-hmm. Episode. That is. That yeah. was. That was touching. That seeing that movie for the first time at that time yeah. hit me hard. Yeah. That's, a lot. That's episode eighty-seven. If you want to go back and listen to that touchstone of high on film history, uh, do you remember your other movies? You have a few. You have a bunch of comedies. You I are, do. Yeah. I, I Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Bingo. Uh, Legally Blonde 2 again. Uh-huh, so sorry. Uh-huh. Red, white, and <laughs> So sorry. Captain Ron, Captain which I will Ron. never apologize for. No need. No need. Um, you got two more. Okay. One's a comedy, the one, not so much. I did a non-comedy? Yes. It's a musical. Oh, my gosh. Boy, I don't remember this either. I don't remember a it musical? either. Mm-hmm. A musical. Yes. Yes. Not the sound of music. Yes, the sound of music. I was going to say. That is a musical, yes. (laughs) That was not the action suspense thriller we all thought from the trailer. No, there are Nazis. There are Nazis. There are. But there are Very suspenseful Nazis. Suspenseful Nazis. And then the other one was a comedy, and I, ooh, Mm -hmm. ooh, I want to, I want to remember. Maybe our third or fourth high on film Instagram post ever. Oh, we talked about this. Yeah. Dog Dog Mishkin. Is it Best in Show? You got it. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Man, I picked out my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love going over these lists because it's such a nice uh, look into who you are. Yeah. With every single one of our, our guests, I, I really love going back and seeing what they picked. That is um, fun. And it's such a nice little tell of uh, who you are. Um, so why Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh my gosh. I love this movie and I watch it every summer multiple times. It's a summertime movie for you. And it's a funny, it's a running joke in our household because I always forget that we own it. So I'll rent it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, you own it and you didn't bring it over today? You no, I mean, we own like on iTunes, uh, I okay. think. 
I don't know how that yeah, it's works. Possible for us to stop. How can we do that? Right. Sorry about that. Yeah. By the way, is it the unrated one? I don't know. Four ninety nine. I'm never getting back. For record, I forget every time and get yelled at for renting. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was learning to surf, I giggled the whole time because mm. I'd be like, "Do less, do less." <laughs> That's not it at all. I have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot about that soon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get into our first uh, segment, huh? Some Trash Star Destroy. Play yeah. a little Trash Star Destroy. Absolutely. Uh, three movies of a similar ilk will supply to you. I, I'll supply to you. Great. Brad knows about them, but he's not going to tell you about them. Okay, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask him. He's not going to tell I'm you. sworn to secrecy. <laughs> <laughs> One movie will ask that you trash, right. which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And then the third movie then must be destroyed, which means that the only version of that film that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay yeah. of Pearl Harbor fame. Get it? Because they're Hawaiian. Okay. Right. All right. I yeah. was wondering why you chose that movie. Sure. <laughs> of the island fame. How about that one? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, the island. You and McGregor. Oh, no, when he goes to the island for clones. Right. That feels more Michael Bay. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. what's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio with the, the Moby beach. song? The, the beach. beach. And that's Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one chance to make him famous and he blew it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's very famous. Yeah, he, he won a Bond movie. And he went on and won an Oscar. Oh, right, DiCaprio you're talking Slumdog. about. No, Danny Boyle. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did win an Oscar for Slumdog. Yeah, that's right. Slumdog millionaire, yeah. as they say. That's what he says it. Mm -hmm. yep. Remember when it came out? Everyone was saying it that way. Guys, let's do three <laughs> Apatow-verse movies, oh, the Judd Apatow-produced films, um, that star, our star here, Jason Siegel, but pairing with Kunu, Paul Rudd. So three Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd nice. pairings in Apatow-produced movies. Great. We'll do the movie we just watched, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. We'll do, I believe, the first pairing, Knocked Up, and... Uh, maybe my favorite of the three, if that's not too big of a tell. I love you, man. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, knocked up. I love you, man. Trash, star, destroy. What do you do? God, those are three great comedies. They are three great <laughs> They really are. Oh, this is going to be painful. I have such an... Uh, I don't know why a connection... Not con actual connection, but like connection to the movie, knocked up. That it's one of my favorite comedies. Um, so I guess I have to star in that. Um, I mean, it makes, I think I've done this before because it makes sense. I want to work with Seth Rogen, but it does make sense for me to take the Seth Rogen role. Mm -hmm. In that movie, he wore, wore two shirts at that time that I owned. Hilarious. I believe from Old Navy. <laughs> uh, well, and your character... Type yes. plays into that more Certainly. than a lot of the others. One hundred percent. But you could be mostly any of those guys around the poker table at work. Mm -mm. Nope. That's forty year old virgin. Yep. <laughs> any of the guys who live in the house, though. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. the house. That's different what it is. one. Yeah. The other Setting. substitution. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I would love to work with Rogan, but I probably have to take that role, and I get to work with Paul Rudd, which would be awesome. So then that leaves Sarah Marshall, and I love you, man. Oh boy. Um, I guess I will trash I Love You, Man. Oh, no love for I Love You, Man. Oh, God, I love that movie, too. I watched it not too long ago. It is so funny. It's so well done. But Another I think, movie where uh, Paul Rudd gives Jason Siegel a ridiculous nickname. 
That's true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Both of these movies. Yeah. Ba- like, what's so funny about that movie is, like, it's a romantic comedy about, like, friends mm-hmm. not finding the girlfriend. And I feel like... It's a bromantic comedy. Yeah. And, like, I do think that the, new, we'll call it nuance of that and the, cl- the cleverness of that wouldn't happen in a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. So if you remove that element from it, it's very plain. Well, all three of these movies, I mean, that's kind of Judd Apatow's thing, is spinning a romantic comedy in some funny way. Yeah. Like, all three of these, I mean, knocked up, oh, she's pregnant already. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, oh, it's about a breakup, but it's a romantic comedy about finding love again. I love you, man, it's a bromantic comedy. Right. Trainwreck, it's, she's a woman in a train She's wreck. a woman. <laughs> she's a woman in a train wreck. <laughs> That's it's what a it is. dirty woman, I guess. What that twist was? <laughs> a dirty woman? Yeah, like a, no, like a vulgar. <laughs> You're a dirty yeah, right. woman. Well, that was the twist. It was like, oh, she's not Julia Roberts, she's Amy Schumer. You know? right. She can curse and have sex. Twist! Yeah. That, that's, is, not, is that not the way that movie was marketed? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Thank you. That's all I want. <laughs> dirty romantic comedy. <laughs> There we go. I think that's better than Dirty Woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that's a better pathway. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were spitballing. Some people like Dirty Woman. That's all right. Some people like Dirty... Stop saying Dirty Women. <laughs> you can say it in an endearing way. It doesn't have to be... Only if you're like a 60-year-old yeah. British man. Dirty Woman. You Dirty Woman. Yeah, there you go. That works. Yeah. Imagine Patrick Stewart saying that to you. Well, that's adorable. You dirty Woman. <laughs> Uh, Brad, your thing. So yeah, then what am I doing? Um, you are trashing. I love you, man. Oh, right. Starring in Knocked Up, and then I'm destroying, forgetting Sarah Marshall. I, you kind of lose in all three situations here. I mean, it's kind of a no-win. Wow, you think I you think. still lose in Knocked Up, Brad? Well, no, no, no. If I'm starring it, but I'm just saying you're going to destroy. Hmm. You're getting rid of something here that shouldn't be gotten rid of. Fair enough. And mm. you're losing two really good movies. Out of three, cost. yeah, mm-hmm. and it's that stinks. Why can't we get rid of funny people or This Is Forty? Oh, I, I love I would, This Is Forty. Oh. Do you? I love it. I found I, it very long and a little excruciating. Yeah, that's how Lizzie feels about I, it. I, I just wait I, in it. I like that normally, but it was just, it. maybe I should watch it again. I didn't like it. Yeah, I had I had a lot of issues with that. Lizzie movie. very uncomfortable. It didn't even make me uncomfortable. I just didn't. I, I didn't find it uncomfortable. I just didn't like I didn't think it was a very well done movie. I felt structurally it was kind of all over the it's place. It's rambling. Kind of like funny people. Well funny yeah. people he should apologize for immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a shorter good cut of funny people in that movie. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Take the whole Leslie Man thing out of the equation. Go into that house yeah. and everything. Like, you don't need to cut this is for you. That's the thing. You just go you live in it. don't need to. You just go live in it for, what, right. nine hours? Yeah. Well, what are you living in, in for nine minutes. hours? What, what movie are you starring in here in Trash Star Destroyer? Oh, all right, guys. I think it's the obvious is to star in Forgetting Sarah Marshall because you spend the week in Hawaii. That is pretty nice. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That you're in a beautiful resort. Anyway... I would do that. I would take the Sarah Marshall. I would take the Kristen Bell character because mm. I think she's a three-dimensional character. And they give Mila Kunis very little to do in this movie. Yep. Aside from being like Manic her version of Manny. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Trash, I love you, man. No offense. I love it. However, I want to see two things in a Michael Bay knocked up. Ooh. One, the personality on the set of Katherine Heigl and Michael Bay oh interacting. Wow. I want to know those right. stories. Explosive. This movie's never getting made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Production's going to be shut down so many times. I want to see a Michael Bay pregnancy. 
I want to mm, see what well, he does with pregnancy. I, it is violence and explosions and blood. You know, I want to see it. But he's a misogynist, it. so do you think that really uh, translates? I mean, yeah, I want to see his. You're gonna be stuck with it. Mark Wahlberg's character out in the waiting room, <laughs> pacing back and forth, That's, smoking no, a cigar. Yeah, no, he'll see. jump outside to smoke weed because they still have to have the. He's a stoner. Right, stone. right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. But yeah. that is two very excellent points and something that does entice me about what Michael Bay would do in that situation. Yeah. Because it would be it would be bad, but it would be interesting. Yeah. 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 Just have to convince him that it's like a car crash and then play it to his ego and then sure. see what he does with it. Uh, yeah, if you want to produce and you can think you can wrangle <laughs> old Mr. Bay like that. Got him. You got it. You got it. Boy, for me, I mean it's the star is the only easy part for me here. And I think I'm gonna star and I love you, man. As no. He, uh, come on, man. No. <laughs> as, oh, snow. No. No, I love you, man. Oh, you said I love you, man? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. I was talking I love you, man, as Andy Samberg. Oh. Uh, brother Robbie. You are Paul Rudd, though. Right, Do but you get this? <laughs> I want to hang out with him on set. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't want to take the role from him. Okay. Oh, 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 that the casting's going to do gonna that be as... weird, because they'd have to make you... But then I'll be his brother. Twin brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I'm going to be right that. As long as I get that scene around the dinner table with J.K. Simmons, too. Yeah. Like, I have two best friends. Hank. <laughs> Hank, whatever his last name is from work. And your brother Rob. And your brother Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and he's ever just kind of nods. It's so fucking funny. Because uh, I also thought about maybe taking the Tom Lennon role, but I think that I fit the Aunt Robbie role a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here I, I get a little tripped up. So you're starring in I Love, I love You, Man. Man. Okay. Which to destroy is really, because I don't want to trash either one of these, so that'll have to be the one that just gets trashed. So which do I want to destroy? I think I'm going to go with Aaron and say Knocked Up. He has a better chance of destroying. I think if he does Forgetting Sarah Marshall, it becomes a very bitter breakup movie and probably much, much worse. With the misogyny and such. So, uh, yeah. Michael Bay's knocked up. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, yeah, forgetting Sarah Marshall in the trash. It's fine. I'll regret it one day. It's, this is a hard category. category. This is a hard category. This is a really hard category. I love all, these are three of my favorite comedies. Yeah. Alright, guys, let's do one more Trash Star Destroy. Huh? Okay, wow. <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for being game for this, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, there are uh, it, one fake TV show. There ends up being two by the end, but uh, or three you get, I think, in this movie. But the main one they focus on is uh, Kristen Bell's Sarah Marshall's crime scene, scene of the crime. So let's do three movies with fake TV shows. In okay. Uh, we'll do The Truman Show, where the fake TV show is The Truman Show. We'll do 101 Dalmatians, where the TV show is What's My Crime. And then we'll do Requiem for a Dream. Um... Which I don't know the name of the show. I, I couldn't find it. It's, yeah. Without. It's almost like an. Because it's like Christopher McDonald, I think. Yes, it's, it's Christopher like, McDonald hosting. Yeah, it's like some type of almost like Game. HGTV show, I mm, think. Or, okay. Or not HGTV. That's the wrong. That's Home and Garden. But. Um, Is that no, what HGTV stands for? I believe so. Home and Garden Television. I, I think so. That's huh. what I thought. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds right now, but thinking I, back to the programming. Yeah, it's more like a paid programming thing is what. Yeah. Like one of those shows. Yeah, where yeah you're yeah. always like showing new products, products, I think. I haven't seen that movie in a long time because I refused to see it a second time. Because. Yeah, I, I could know, not find the information. Can... I did not want to watch the movie again. No. God, no. So no. I'm once in college and I'm good. Yeah. Thanks, Darren Aronofsky. Uh, now yeah, there's I... two movies of yours I'll never see again. <laughs> What's the other one? Mother. 
Oh. Mother. I still never see it. Oh, it is. I mean, like Requiem, I would not talk someone out of seeing it once. But strap in, and uh, there's a good chance you'll hate it. Okay, great. You especially, I think, are really going to be infuriated by it. Can't wait. Again, like, <laughs> it's... It's definitely something to talk about. Your sales pitches. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Aronofsky for you, man. You <laughs> see Noah? That's a weird old movie. I'm not going to see it. Yeah, it's strange. I'm not going to see any of these Not movies. wholly bad, but weird. Uh, so so yes, Trash Star Destroy, Truman Show, 101 Dalmatians, and Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> Great. Wow. Uh, this is difficult because, difficult funny again. enough, Truman Show and 101 Dalmatians are two of my, the cartoon, mm -hmm. are, yes, are the two cartoon. of my more favorite movies Not well. the Glenn Close version. No, God, no. Uh, Brad hurt by it. The cartoon's one of my favorite cartoons. Uh, but I think I probably need to star in Truman Show. I think it's more important to keep that one as is. Uh... I, I always, do you take the carry role because it's so good, or do I play as, what's the friend's name, who, the vending machine guy, who's one of the actors, uh, Noah or Emmerich, I think's the mm -hmm, actor. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to take the carry role. Okay. It's too good to pass, but that scene at the end is one of my favorite scenes. A lot of favorites today. Uh, I love that scene at the end, and it would be fun to do that. Sailing out to the wall. Uh, well, no, the, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and then the final mm -hmm. conversation with Ed Harris. Ah, right, Spoiler right. alert, yeah. I guess. Uh, I think I've taken the Noah Emmerich role before, and this time I'm going to take the carry role. Mix All it up. right, yeah. We're winding down here in the podcast. Yeah. Run, not this one. We're ramping up in this one. Ramping. And then, <laughs> and then I think I'm going to trash... 101 Dalmatians. Whoa. Because I want to give that to Bay. Okay. And because so, there is something I'm, more, I'm morbidly curious in a Michael Bay Requiem for a Dream. And maybe that makes you like the Glenn Close one a little bit more. Because the cartoon never existed. Maybe. Uh, it, it would give it more of a chance for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with this, Aaron? All right, guys. All right. Don't at me. <laughs> But I'm trash. I never do. Trash on the Truman Show. Okay. Oh, God. I never do. <laughs> <laughs> and then destroy. I agree. I'm so morbidly curious to see what Bay's doing with Requiem for a Dream. That is fascinating Ooh. to me. Yeah. I will watch that. And then star 101 Dalmatians as Cruella Deville. Twist. I hate puppies. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That would be against type. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't resist a Grundem, so yeah. I would have it to play her. And you personally don't have to kill him. It's just no. voiceover work. Voiceover work is so fun and easy, And you get to be too. in a Disney movie. Yeah. And to play a Super great nice. Disney villain, She's amazing. Uh, it would yeah, be a classic villain. right up your alley. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's my brand. Disney, classic <laughs> Disney villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I really thought about starring in 101 Dalmatians as, what's his name? Pongo? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pongo. Great Pongo. Because uh, it, it would be awesome to be in a classic Disney animated film. Um, but I think, despite everything I said, I'm going to star in Requiem for a Dream. Okay. <laughs> um, it's an interesting character choice. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. As, I'm going to take Jared Leto's role. Okay. Because I'm not a big fan of his, and I'll take everything from him. <laughs> Get him out That's of work. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> 
I will take everything from you. I will take everything. You're watching a supervillain be formed here. I will take everything (laughs) from him. So I'm going to be in that movie. And I, really though, it's because I, everyone sees this movie. Like, once. Everyone sees it once. And that'd be cool to be in a movie that, like, everyone you've talked to, like, will see this movie. Mm -hmm. When you come of age, someone's going to come up to you and say, have you ever seen Requiem for a Dream? Holy shit, you need to see it. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and like with a couple of your friends and it's that'd be a cool landmark movie. And you're never the same again. So that's why I'm starring in that piece of film history as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then I'm trashing 101, Dal- 101 Dalmatians because I want to see Michael Bay's Truman Show. I, I want to see Michael Bay get self-reflexive on the film industry. Um, and... Uh, he can put in all the ads he wants, and no one will begrudge him this time. So. All right. Well, yeah, that, that tracks. I, yeah. That makes sense. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Great enthusiasm here. Well, yes. the, I, I'm thinking about it, because, yeah, Bay's Truman Show is okay. interesting. Yeah. It's worse. It's, it's not going to be as good of, of a movie. Yeah, sure. But that is at least yeah. intriguing. Maybe if he makes it back in, you know, Truman, when did he make Truman Show? 98? Yeah, ninety-eight. That sounds right. It's somewhere in there. He still he still has a good relationship with Will Smith, so maybe you get Will Smith in Michael Bay's Truman Show before he switches over to Wahlberg. Huh? Uh, 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 You're certainly you're certainly enticing me more. I gotta say. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to sell it here, and I'm gonna try to sell you, dear listeners, on some more podcasts. We're gonna take a quick break. And then we're going to get into some real fun games. So, if that's not a sales pitch, I don't know what is. I'm Chris Maxwell. We'll be right back after this. And we're back high on film for getting Sarah Marshall today with our guest, 10th timer, Aaron Coleman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot to say on this episode, folks. Boy, howdy. Mm-hmm. We're tearing into it now. We're we're flying on to that spoiler island. Uh, <laughs> spoilahu? Okay. Like a Hawaiian. Right. How do you say spoiler in Hawaiian? Spoilahalahu, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bitch, the native I was Hawaiian trying to do the, the, the fish, the native fish. Oh, kumahumalumalaka. That's it. Yeah. You got yeah. it. Which yeah. is a real thing. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. What you just said. Yeah. Yes, I know. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> what was it again? Akuma Luma Hulakina? Hakakina? I, I forgot the Hakka. Yeah. I'm Georgia. I think he's got it. I'm too white. <laughs> and that is probably somewhat offensive to Hawaiians. I think it's probably more hilarious. <laughs> I hope so. Trying to... That's the aim here. I'm not aiming Stupid to offend. American. Stupid American. Why is it America? America? <laughs> yep. As soon as I said it, I was like, well, it's still America. Yep. Oh, guys. We're, we're, we're off to a great start today. Let's, let's try to get out of bed on the other side to, today. <laughs> and uh, get into the summary game here. We're really, really going to dig our teeth into Forgetting Sarah Marshall as we each take a turn at summarizing the film in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. Shaboim. Now, this movie, the theatrical cut, is 111 minutes long, but we didn't watch the theatrical cut. We watched the unrated version, which runs 118 minutes long. So you got an extra tenth of a second to, nope, seventh of a second to uh, get out those extra seven jokes. One joke per minute, I feel like. One joke per minute? Yeah, that's a a low joke ratio for this movie. That's not true. Uh, Yeah. 
Well, there's a lot, a lot of bits where you get a lot of jokes right around. Too. Yeah, well, yeah. But then there's like maybe only three or four times where there's a three to five minute span of no jokes. Yeah, you have some more. So I'm saying it's, like, it's got a high joke to runtime ratio. Gotcha. Either way, 11.8 seconds to summarize for getting Sarah Mar Marshall for zero to two points for each one of us sitting around the podcast table. Please feel free to use decimals to refine your scores as we judge each other numerically like friends often do. During our break, we had our patented coin toss, coin toss where we tossed a three-sided coin into the air. It came up Ted's, funny enough, which Brad called in the air. It came up Ted's Mosby's. <laughs> there it is. There it is, because How I Met Your Mother, starring... Ted Mosby. Ted Mosby. The great actor, Mosby. Ted Mosby. Josh Redd. <laughs> and Marshall Mathers. Yep. No, what's and his last name? Marshall Erickson. Erickson, that's right, that's right. Uh, so, Brad, you want to go first, second, or third? That's what the toying costs won you. I will... I'll go first. Going first. I'm going to go first. All right, 11.8 seconds to summarize the film. You ready for this, buddy? Yes. Three, two, one... A musician is dumped by his famous girlfriend, and he gets very depressed and goes to Hawaii, where she's staying with her new boyfriend, and he meets another girl, they fall in love, and he writes his musical uh, rock opera in the end, and they stay together, even after they must break Time. Him. Wow. I, I kept thinking I was going to run out of time, and I yeah. kept finding a little more time. You kept finding time. Yeah. Worked my way backwards. Great uh, job, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, no thank problem. You. Uh, I think this means, Chris, you would be up next. You would think correctly. 11.8? Yes, sir. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, sir. In three, two, one. A guy loses his girlfriend, uh, goes, has a really hard time with the breakup, so he goes to Hawaii where it turns out she's also staying with her new beau, who's a rock star. Uh, he has a really tough time with it, but he meets uh, the hotel girl who he falls in love with. She pushes him new boundaries, and he has a rock opera about Dracula at the end. Time. That was very wow. good. That was very oh, good. Thank I you. also enjoyed the use of the word beau. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. It's quaint. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nothing if not quaint. <laughs> Stand by it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in my Twitter bio. <laughs> Great. Aaron Coleman, 11.8 seconds to summarize your beloved, unrated, forgetting Sarah Marshall. In three, two, one. Man is broken up with, goes to Hawaii to recover, meets up with ex and new man, Mila Kunis is in it, Dracula, Dracula musical, Jonah Hill's obsessed, Chris is Paul Rudd, Bill Hader breakout role. Time. <laughs> Not bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I don't think there's anything in the movie about me being Paul Rudd. I watched you with, uh, well, I watched it, so that was just in my head. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, uh. See, that's my thing about Trash Star Destroy. I, I don't want to replace Paul Rudd. I think he's so good. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Of course. Maybe we can be brothers in something. Absolutely. Like I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I see no problem in this continuing. Except that the movie was already made. That's tough. Yeah. Sequel? Well, maybe Andy Samberg's too big a star, so I have to replace him in I Love You Man 2. Two. Still love him. I love you back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for the second game of the podcast. It is time for first impressions. This time, zero to three points at stake as we each supply the person sitting to our right with a line from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. We'd like to hear them impersonate to the best of their ability. Wow. I've done this 247 times. <laughs> uh, I go first and give Erin a line uh, that I would like to hear her impersonate. And I think I'm going to give you your chance at auditioning for Sarah Marshall, Erin. Excellent. 
It's Kristen Bell uh, mocking Albus Snow, uh, Russell Brand. Albus? I think it's Albus Snow. I thought it was Albus. Aldous. Like Albus. It's A-L-D-O-U-S. Aldus. That's not a name. Albus is a name. Well. Albus is Dumbledore's name. Aldus is Aldus Snow's name. <laughs> I don't know. Aldus Snow is only in two movies. How many is Dumbledore? Eight. Eight movies. Yeah. Is. Soon to be nine Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them too. Oh. Still in the suitcase. Still in the suitcase. Still in the beast. More beastly. Beastlier. Yeah. He's found them all. They never really lost all of them either. Yeah. It is Aldus. With a D. <sighs> Fine. Spelled correctly. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Whatever. Know <laughs> you're handling it well. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to call him Albus. So yes, um, she is, they're having a fight, and uh, he mentions her ghastly behavior at dinner with uh, the other couple, her ex-boyfriend um, Peter and the new beau, the other new beau, Mila Kunis. So many beaux. What's her name? Rachel. Rachel. Mm-hmm. I, say, I know it's like a. Jensen? I girl's think? name, yeah. <laughs> it's a girl's name. Wait, way to narrow that down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I it's a girl's too. name. Like a top five, like most common girl's name. Oh, uh, okay. What year? Oh, what? probably like late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Bet you there's a lot of Rachels right around mm-hmm. there. Oh, especially right around when Friends starts too. Yeah, does it come back for Friends? I feel like I it's before I mean, that. I feel like it explodes the, with yeah. Friends. Mm. Probably. That's the haircut. It was called The Rachel. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, literally the name is in there, I'm sure. Okay. Well, she's people. mocking his English accent. And, uh, well, let's just hear her recap their dinner. You've just seen yourself at dinner, Seth. Then we come back here and you put on that ghastly performance. I mean, I've heard that women do fake orgasms, but I've never seen one. It really deeply upset me. You should have seen yourself at dinner. Oh, I'm out of snow. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. No, no drinks for me, thanks. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That's a really reductive impression. All right, Aaron, here is your chance not only to do your best Kristen Bell, but to showcase your famous English accent. You should have seen yourself at dinner. I'm out of snow. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. No, no, no drinks for me, thanks. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That was really good. Yes, Thank that you. was. Uh, <laughs> yep. That oh, was pitch perfect. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, You're you. welcome. That that is that's gonna do you well in this game. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Do you have a line you'd like to hear Brad impersonate? Uh, yes. It is uh, in the scene where Bill Hader is trying to make. Uh, Jason Siegel feel better, and Jason Siegel says that Sarah is not like Bill Hader's wife, Liz, and Bill Hader puts a little bit of a smackdown on Jason Siegel's character, um, and I did, I do think he threatens his life. Uh, great. <laughs> do I need to give you any more? No, that's great. Okay. <laughs> you really want to have this conversation? Do you, do you really want to have this conversation? Yes. She is the mother of my unborn child! Sorry. You're my stepbrother, we're not even blood! I have no qualms with sticking you! I will equalize you! Sorry. You dick! Just worked out. Okay, Brad. HBO's Barry. Bill Hader. Huge fan. Alright. She's the mother of my unborn child! You're my stepbrother! We're not even blood! I have no qualms with sticking you! I will equalize you! Dick. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Brad. 
Yay! Yeah. That was delightful. That was really, really good. You know, I would watch a remake of Step Brothers with Bill Hader and uh, Jason Siegel. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be great. Maybe so they're a little more, or less cartoony. Um, yeah, you would have yeah. to switch it up a little like bit. Like a remake. Yeah. For it to fit those, their two types a little more, but... Yeah. I, I, well, I maybe like a little more drama to it. Maybe something like a little funnier than Skeleton Twins, but less slapsticky than Step Brothers is currently. Hmm. That's interesting. You I know, think, maybe I, I something know, in like the Apatoverse. A completely like, different movie that stars the two of them. <laughs> Step Brothers, Aaron, and with Richard Jenkins and Mary Steenburgen. I want to keep them. We can keep them. Yeah, and instead of Adam Scott, Paul Rudd. Oh, he would be great. Now. Uh -huh. Paul Rudd would be great. He would be also. really good. Listen to all this practice. I'm getting it, milking it. <laughs> <sighs> I gotta save it, actually. That, yeah, I got oof. remake, and then I could do. Oh, you're smart. Then I'll be remaking Step Brothers. Not nope, Brad. Yeah, I think you're okay. <laughs> do you have a line for me, sir? Uh, I do, and it is a Paul Rudd line. Paul Rudd. Uh, Kunu or Chuck? I yeah, think. yeah. Which means Chuck in Hawaiian. Yes. Because the internet told him. Uh, it is a scene right after Jason Siegel hits Aldous Snow with his surfboard in the water and pulls him out. And he has the coral stuck in his leg, Siegel pulls it out, bleeds, Siegel passes out. And Kunu has now just come back from, like, getting someone to help them. And when Aldous Snow speaks to him, he copies his English accent in a very, uh, uh offensive way and uh, it's pretty hilarious so can you get some towels for me please I'm really losing a lot of blood you sound like you're from London yeah I'm from London oh man another character making fun of Aldous Dumbledore <laughs> <clears throat> he sound like you're from London <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that certainly works. Yeah. That was good. That was very good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, once you're done scoring, you can put your scorecards to the side for the time being, because we're getting into a more open forum discussion format of the show we like to call Seamwork. Of course, if it's not readily apparent, we're an optimistic podcast, so we're going to start things off optimistically. Best scene. What's the best scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Tough. It's hard. Yeah, it's this is hard. Uh, I got. One. Uh, it's not tough for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Then, then take the take the lead. Surfing lessons. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Surfing lessons with Paul Rudd. But the do little, do more, do less, do more, and then the next, the very next scene that's kind of compounded into one when they're out on the water, and some of my favorite lines in this whole movie come from it when. Uh, <laughs> Kunu tells Peter, when life gives you lemons, you say, fuck the lemons and bail. <laughs> and it's immediately followed by, if a shark bites you while you're surfing, what, are you just going to give up on surfing? Yeah, and Peter probably. goes, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And like, Let's go in. I got tacos. <laughs> yeah, he talks about... He doesn't believe in age, and he calculates it, so he's like, it's like 42? 44. 44, and he's like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, stunned. Fuck. He's like, fuck. It is so, it is like the most solid block of laughs for me in this entire movie, and I love it. And then to double down on that, 
And when he goes back later in the movie for, for second lesson, is like, I want to stand up on a wave. And uh, Kunu does the exact same shtick. Like, looks like you got a little pain behind those eyes, bro. And you realize that that's just his script rather than actually an insightful... Uh, uh, Stressing down of Peter. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to stand up on a wave. I don't think you're ready. I want to ride with giants, you know? I think you're ready. (laughs) Yeah. Which is so funny. But that first couplet of surfing lesson scenes uh, is so, so funny to me. It's really good. That is easily my best scene. Yeah. Rudd is hilarious. Him is like the stoner... You know, <laughs> yeah. baked, totally we, burned out. We got guy. any? Yeah, yeah. All right, then let's go surf. <laughs> I mean, that line I gave you is so yeah. funny. That's like the line I've probably heard quoted most from this movie. Right. And like, Kunu, oh no, that's my Hawaiian name. My, <laughs> it's my really, my English name was Chuck. My mainland name was Chuck. Uh, what's Kunu mean? Chuck. <laughs> I put it into the internet and that's what came up. <laughs> like, I'm going to give you a Hawaiian name. P-P-O-P. So funny. Um, so yeah, hands down. I mean, I got a lot of stuff in here, but that is, I'll let you guys go. I, like, I just kept staying with Paul Rudd when he's like, I like her hair. I wonder if the carpet matches the pews. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. He is. He's the only one who can get away with it. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> he is laugh out loud funny. Everything he does, he's not in this movie much, but every yeah. scene he's in, he is laugh out loud funny. So good. Yeah, it is very true. Oh boy. Okay, tough. Um, I think I'm gonna actually go with the dinner scene. Oh, the couple's dinner. The couple's dinner. I think that scene, and th- there's two other things I will mention too, but I think that scene is so well done. It is such a tense, awkward. It- it's very accurate to how that situation would go down. It's written correctly. It's very catty at moments. It's, uh, I think, Aaron, I think you said it while we were watching, how, or maybe it was you, I can't remember. Chris said it. That they keep, like, switching mm-hmm. allegiances. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that about that scene. It's so, so well-paced, and the allegiance switching happens so naturally. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, Aldous Snow says at one point, he says this whole thing, it's like about, you know, you should be able to basically fuck <clears throat> whoever you want. And yeah. that's, like, my whole philosophy on life. And I love that... Siegel gives this very tempered answer. He's like, sorry to disagree, not to not to ruffle any feathers here, but it's I like to get to know somebody. And this very honest Siegel moment of like why he's such a good guy. Yeah. And then Bell obviously just kind of jumps on that, like, whoa, what the hell are you talking about? That you just think you're like, yeah, I can just, you know, do I, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> and this very real scene, and then with Mila Kunis, um, Kind of becoming ins- then uh, Kristen Bell insults Mila, Kun- Mila Kunis with um, saying you, you would only want to stay in Hawaii for a week. Yeah, and oh, only people running away from something or can't face the real world live here. And it just there's a lot of layers that take place in that scene. And then a line that I love in that scene is when Aldous Snow spills the drink on his <laughs> shirt that he hates. Yeah. Oh yeah. Take, oh no, not the shirt. Take my eyes, but not my shirt. Yeah. It is, <laughs> It's it's a long scene too, and they pack a lot of really good, honest moments in it. Yeah. And I think that's I remember seeing this movie for the first time and thinking that scene was so well done and uh, good drunk acting too. Mm-hmm. Kristen Bell does some great drunk acting, and so does Jason Siegel earlier in the film when he's uh, breaking down and he gets super hammered and he's back at his hotel room singing the Muppet Show theme. <laughs> 
uh, I mean, the scene that precedes it where he's actually downing all those tiki drinks and stuff is really, he does great trunk acting. Right. Um, but man, when he gets back to the room and he is singing Muppet Show on that piano, it is... Any of those moments Mwah. where they watch him, like, you just watch him fall apart for no reason, like when he's watching Project Runway, which he goes, off Peter City. And then when he's sobbing off the balcony, <laughs> she has to call and say there's there's bad reports of a hysterical woman crying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll try to keep it to Yeah, that's the floor above me, like you're on the top floor. And it's just this long fall. I'm sorry. Try to keep yeah. it. Gives up the ghost. Just get like, all right, uh, I don't care. Aaron, best scene, not favorite scene. Uh, I agree with Brad, and wow. all of the things that Brad said, and then I'll just add to it, there's also so many fun bits that they put in there that don't feel like they're detracting from this amazingly well-acted scene with all this nuance and levels, but there's like, uh, it starts with Jonah Hill like st crying because he doesn't have a table for Aldous, he's like, there's no need to weep, <laughs> I'm not crying, and then... The shirt, so he's like, "Oh no, are we really gonna do this?" And I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah, yeah. So we're really doing this. Like when they actually, just, yeah. when she agrees to sit with them too. That's really fun. And then, um, and then the guy, the old man, walking by and like noticing he has the, the same, same shirt, shirt as Aldous. Like all of this really deep, heavy, fun scene work is happening, but they're they keep these little jokes going that are perfectly done. And then. Jonah Hill at the end telling Eldest Snow to fuck off and he's going to mess with his food for the rest of his <laughs> yeah. day because he didn't listen. I just, yeah, I love that scene. I think they do such a good job with it. Yeah, what Eldest Snow, when he asked, when Jonah Hill asked him, did you listen to my demo? He says, like, no, I just uh, kept on, can just <laughs> yeah. continue living my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the only other thing that was in contention for best scene for me was the... Dracula musical song oh. in the bar. Yes. Oh, that's good. When I was going to mention Mila that. Kunis kind of tricks him into playing it. She puts in a request that he play this song without him knowing, and he gets up and with a little convincing, he does the song, and it is such a great song. And his hesitance and then like happiness afterwards is so fun to watch, mm -hmm. and the song is just so so good. And uh, speaking of, I know it's not best scene, but we do have to at least give honorable mention for the Dracula musical, which oh, makes yes. this movie yes. very yes. unique and special, that he's talking about it, and then we get to see it. It's yeah. incredible. So here's our plea. Jason Siegel, please, please. Make this into a real musical that we can go see. We live in Los Angeles. We can come yeah. see this. I would pay upwards of seventy-five dollars yep. uh, for a ticket for this musical. I would be so down. Yeah, it's... especially I'd pay actually probably a hundred if you get Bill Hader to, to play. Bill oh Hader. yeah, it's yeah. Largo will put it up. Let's make. Oh, this you happen. can get a bigger theater than that. I think I love, however, that they do it in like a ninety-nine seat. Or 99 yeah, yeah, yeah. black box theater. Yeah, but then the tickets going to be too expensive for us, Aaron. Well, do more <laughs> showings then. Yeah, do a two-week right, run. Guys. Do a two-week run. <laughs> These are big gentlemen, all right? Uh, yeah, I think... Like a weekend. <laughs> it is what makes this movie special. And that scene when he performs in the bar because you've heard him talk about it already. Yeah. And you're curious as to what it is. And then to actually hear him do like the Dracula voice yeah. is really funny. Right, yeah. If we're going to mention music, we also have to mention the song Inside of You. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> it is hilarious. Yeah. Him performing it at, he's like, Aldous is brought up to the stage by Jonah Hill. Like, you have to perform in front of the people. And you haven't heard, you heard that other corny song that he does. We got to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to do benefit one. something. And he <laughs> dedicates it to Kristen Bell sitting in the audience. And Siegel's there, of course, in this whole song. And the whole resort. And the whole resort. <laughs> yeah. That song is so funny. 
You took me by surprise <laughs> when you let me inside of you. And yeah, Russell Brand is the perfect fit for this <laughs> yeah. character, and his riding around on stage is Amazing. so funny. It's an incredible scene. We would have, I would have been remiss if we didn't discuss that. All right. If there's a best scene and a bunch of honorable mentions, that means <laughs> there must be worst scene. <laughs> What's the worst scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Chris, you said, did you say you have a definitive one? Kind of. Uh, I mean, it's it's Cause I, something that bothers me, and it's in really just three scenes that it really bothers me, and I can't tell if it's just Hawaii is very beautiful and they don't light it correctly, or if it's very terrible green screen. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. In the Paul Rudd surfing lesson, when they... When Sitting they, in the water? And when they're on the beach looking out at the water. Yeah. It looks terrible. Uh, two... The inside of you performance, both the crowd behind it looks like it has a painted, like, mat behind it of palm trees. And then when you go behind Russell Brand, it looks like the ocean's green screened. And then uh, right after that, when Siegel is walking alone on the beach and you meet the big Hawaiian guy and he says, you look like you need a hug. And the, again, the ocean looks so terribly green screened. When obviously there's a lot of good shots of this movie with actual ocean in it. So I guess these were maybe reshoots or they had to do them back in LA or, or something. Or had to do some with the, because the lighting in the But background. yeah, they just, those three look There's another one decidedly too. Decidedly bad. When he walks out and he goes, oh, wedding in Hawaii. Real, like, original. original. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I hear him thud, his feet thud on like the soundstage. Mm. <laughs> like, After he gets up, falls off screen. Yeah. yeah. And there's another one too when... Which is actually a very good scene where um, uh, Sarah Marshall, ex they're like sitting outside mm -hmm. her and Siegel. Yeah, and yeah. she explains to him how hard she actually tried to make the relationship work, which is a, a great scene. It is a great scene and actually a redeeming moment for her, yeah. which you don't really necessarily expect in this movie. And I mm -hmm. like that because you actually see that she tried his, her hardest to make this work and he didn't give a shit. But when she's talking in that scene, the ocean behind her looked... Yeah. Sketchy. It, it didn't so, look great. It's tough for me to say it's my worst scene because that is the surfing lesson is also my best scene. <laughs> <laughs> but what, so what honestly, a conundrum. It doesn't detract uh, from the movie too much for me, but I mean, honestly, this movie is such a good comedy that I think that's what bothers me the most. Nice. Yeah. Other than the cliff jump, which gives me an anxiety attack, but I don't oh, hold the movie. Scene, <laughs> against that. Yeah, I don't hold that against the movie. <sighs> Boy, uh, I have like two really small things. That, like don't even amount to almost a worse scene, but um, there's a scene like when he's all of a sudden like happy now. Siegel's like I think it's after he slept with Mila Kunis. Not all of a sudden, it's after he slept. Well, with no, 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 no. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what yeah. Caused this? Good I don't know what could have done that. Um, but oh, sex the night before. <laughs> yeah, Mila Kunis. Um, but there's like they have like a quick little montage, and he's like at somebody else's wedding in the audience like applauding I don't we, I don't even know if we've seen yeah, I think characters. it's just another wedding at the hotel Resort. that he just kind he of just, attends because he he's likes happy. love again yeah. yeah he's in a hot tub with all the hotel residents making him laugh right I mean just yeah. that little he's part he's his best self Brad exactly I mean I was just like well, we, we, Living La Vida Loca we don't need to see him at somebody else's wedding applauding in order to see I, I mean again nitpicking. he loves love again I, I get that yeah. remember the shot where they, there's a couple that proposes behind him and he's like yeah. oh right. and then at the end and then he, that book ends with him yelling at the other couple for having a wedding in Hawaii yeah yeah Yes. Once Which is, he tells Sarah Marshall that he broke his heart into his million pieces, so his cock doesn't want to be around her anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's after he's already happy. Yeah, 
It's that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, okay. It's not a big thing. And the only other thing I can even really speak to is, like, him just standing naked in the public group, like, a pretty public green room uh, at the end. Yeah, I like that as a bookend. It's a great bookend. To getting end. broken up with, to starting the new relationship completely naked. Yes. And kudos for equal uh, nudity, uh, equal gendered nudity. Full frontal nudity. Full frontal nudity. unrated. But it's just, it is... You still get full frontal nudity in the theatrical. At least in the very beginning you do. You see... I think it's more in this one. In the breakup, you you get full Siegel dick. I think it's more in this one. Yeah, I think I show it a couple more times. But yeah, there's definitely Jason Siegel's penis in the theatrical cut. But it's just a little ridiculous to like be in this, like, you know, playhouse green room where anybody can really walk in. And you're just like standing there totally naked, about to make a phone call. Yeah, like... The door obviously doesn't have a lock. No. Why aren't you wearing underwear? People yeah. come in and out of here to like grab yeah. stuff yeah. all the time. <laughs> this I've, is not I've your never called someone room. naked. No. I've had to probably once answer the phone naked, like out of the shower, I had to Running. rush because I was expecting a phone yeah. call. I don't just what stand around. This naked. is not a this is not his dressing room. The yeah. props and costumes are there. Any person could have to come in there. And there's no lock. I mean, at least throw on a pair of boxers and make yeah. a fucking or underwear. Yeah. However, yeah. whichever you prefer. Why'd they, why'd they come off? You should have been wearing underwear underneath your, uh, your unitard. unitard. Well, he might have been, and maybe it was, like, sweaty, so he's okay. changing to Fair. a different pair. That's true. But still. Or special underwear he doesn't wear because, you know, panty lines. Biker pants yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. But either way, again, you I... You keep it on in the green room. You can't, yeah, or at least, like, you change you, you change them out real quick. Yeah. yeah. And you stand... Isn't there a thing behind where you stand behind? Yeah. He's admiring his naked body in the mirrors behind well, him. I made a phone call. Yeah, while well, I made a phone call. Okay. He liked doing it. He made his pecs bounce in the first scene, right? There's, but yeah, there's not and much problem. <laughs> what's your worst scene? This is so Pull nitpicky. out a tooth for us, would you? Yeah. No, I'm just saying it's nitpicky. Okay. It's, it's like 30 seconds and it just chafes me a little because we're in Lazy Joe's and she goes to get a beer and he's like, do you want me to get it? And she's like, no, 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 I got it. I'm not like one of those girls or I'm not a girl you, you have to dote, dote on. Yeah. And I'm like, I get that we're drawing the comparison, but let him draw the comparison. I hate when we have female characters be like, no, I'm a spec, like, I'm not like all those annoying, terrible girls. Yeah. I'm a special girl. Yeah. And it's like, we're drawing the comparison of how you guys are different. She doesn't need to label herself that way. And that kind of goes into what we were discussing before of her being the manic pixie yeah. dream girl. I mean, she at least has a quasi arc of like, just running away from things, coming back at the end to go to school and actually like mm-hmm. try something new. So there's right. at least and that. she has to be angry and flip out on her ex boyfriend, like to have her crazy. I mean, it's a little thing, but it's something that say Natalie Portman doesn't really get in Garden State. That's true. Yeah, and she doesn't. I mean, obviously the relationship with her changes him to a certain extent, but it's not. To the same degree where it's all based on her. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't change without her. I think it's finally more of, she helps him move on. Mm -hmm. But I think there's an actual, like, understanding kind of how bad of a person Sarah is. At least for him. Yeah. And I think that's much more of a, that makes, that's kind of what changes his mind more than anything. Yeah. So maybe there's that. But it's still. so bad. She's, like, a little controlling, but she's not. There's, their relationship is just over. I don't yes. think that Sarah Marshall... That's what I love about her. She's a nuanced, three-dimensional character. They give Kristen Bell a lot to play with. But, like, their... Yeah, he realizes their relationship is over. Yes. And that's why I said bad for back. him. Yeah. Because she has these certain things that she... They, they're just not as compatible. Right. As he always kind of thought they and were. And to be fair, like, him and Mila Kunis are first meeting each other, and you're always, like, your best self when you're, like, first 
falling for someone. So that I that's why I will well, give new her, excitement. And yeah, I'll more. give her a little bit of leeway for always being like the one to push him and inspire him and push him out of his boundaries. But I like kind of feel like they're both being their best selves because they're they're getting to know each other. Maybe she has more nuance. Yeah. Well, and later in she's gone once he actually really starts taking care of himself again. She's gone. Yeah. Like he doesn't. She leaves him. He's pretty at a pretty low point, and it's just which I like to kind of a slow build back to him being okay again. It's not mm-hmm. just like all of a sudden I'm He's fixed. In a new yeah. relationship, yeah. Right. They do that really You see well. a very, a montage of him kind of slowly building back to, mm-hmm. to, to be Norm- okay. Yeah, normality. Norm- normality. Yeah. Back to stasis. Return to stasis. And there it is, the theme song to the final game of the podcast. It's time for Milking It! The most heavily weighted game of the show, that's zero to five points, as we each draw a card from the big box of Hollywood, ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres on said card will give you a new way to reuse, reduce, and recycle any of the characters, themes, plot points, uh, setting locations, uh, costume ideas, anything you'd like from Forgetting Sarah Marshall uh, into a brand new movie. We'll need a title and a quick summary from each one of us to be able to put it back out there make a billion more dollars for the studio system. Sure, this movie grossed a billion dollars. A billion dollars. A whole billion. A whole billion. And here we go. Here's the old Hollywood relic. And I believe it is Aaron's turn to go first. Let's do this! For the final time. Okay. Okay. Do I say it right? You say it. Okay. I have sequel. A sequel. Okay. Brad Davis. Right. A prequel. Okay. The whole trilogy. <laughs> yeah, the Forgetting Sarah Marshall trilogy. And I'll draw a card here. How about? If I could get it open here. A family saga. Ooh. Ooh. All right, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, get our thoughts together, and be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after. This. And we're back right in the middle of milking it for forgetting Sarah Marshall. I hope you didn't forget. All right, guys, three brand new movies. <laughs> a movie you won't forget. Was that the tagline? That's just, forgetting that Sarah Marshall. Be. A film you'll never forget. I don't think that was. Aaron, you have the sequel ready for us? You're going first, right? Is that how we... I believe that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sequel. This movie ends. What happens next? So, the sequel starts three years into the future where Rachel and Peter have been happily together in L.A. for three years. Rachel is just completing school. Peter is enjoying pretty good success as a musician after getting a very public endorsement from Aldous Snow. Uh, Rachel gets offered a job as an executive of hotel management at Turtle Bay Resort in Hawaii. So they go back there, getting to stay in that suite while they look for a new home. Whoa. When we find out that Sarah Marshall is down there filming a Destination episode of Animal Psychic. Oh my goodness. Sarah's coming off of a breakup with co-star Jason Bateman, and she finds that it's her turn to come, it's her time turn to come to terms with what she's lost. 
she accidentally reveals to Peter that she is pregnant. And Peter, wanting to be a good guy, starts hanging out with her more while Rachel gets busier and busier at work. Rachel's initially fairly secure, but eventually everything comes to head at a farcical hotel event where Sarah comes clean and says that she is not actually pregnant. She let it go on so long because she's been so lonely and afraid of being isolated. Uh, and she apologizes to everyone very sincerely. She says she loves the attention, but realizes that Peter and Rachel are very in love and that it's time she learned to be on her own and discover the new and independent Sarah Marshall. And it's called Remembering Sarah Marshall. Oh. Uh. That's all right. I mean, as a sequel, that's not a bad title. Yes. And you... You added a lot of elements from the movie that are really good. The fact that Aldous Snow gives him the like mm -hmm. the approval yeah, and yeah. that like helps him out a lot makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and going back to Hawaii and I like that having it about Sarah like Sarah Marshall now has to be the one to kind of grow up right right say. and she didn't guys i want to make it very clear that she didn't mean to say that she was pregnant it was a misunderstanding that she let go on for a while oh, because she was oh, so okay, lonely gotcha, and gotcha. isolated after her breakup and it just felt good to be back with peter where it was you know natural mm -hmm. so it's a it's a it's a it's a farcical series of misunderstandings gotcha yeah gotcha. all right Not i like, like that. she lies about a pregnancy right right yeah, like someone, a pregnancy, else, a pregnancy, someone else's pregnancy right, test in the exactly. bathroom she just came out of and like exactly <gasps> And she's in such like a lonely, broken place. Yeah, yeah. Or it could even be a pregnancy scare that ends up not being right. Pregnancy. The important thing is she's and not faking pregnancy. Right. Right, right. She sure. allows that's, the misunderstanding to go on for a while. That's important. That's a big character yeah. element. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and she's not great. saying it's Peter. She's just saying she's alone and pregnant. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. It's Jason Bateman's. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah giving him more work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a great guy in this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to mansplain her. <laughs> Brad Davis. Yes, sir. Let's turn back. Let's turn back time. Prequel. Prequeling it up. Uh, so we have Peter. He's uh, moved to LA not too long ago, and he hasn't been able to keep a steady job since moving out. So he's really struggling mm -hmm. to get by. Um, and he's going around town playing, like, different little musical things at clubs, kind of one-man show type things. But very very Jason Segel-esque, light and clever, but nothing that anybody's that interested in so far. Um, and it comes around to his stepbrother Brian's wedding. And he goes to the wedding, and Sarah Marshall is part of the catering uh, service team. And so they kind of hit it off at the wedding, and they kind of slowly start dating each other and early on in the relationship she gets a crime scene and it kind of immediately and she's kind of a nobody and all of a sudden she's gone to goes to superstar quickly the first mm -hmm. episode's huge and she's immediately because of course her teaming with billy baldwin right huge star billy baldwin huge star uh and so it kind of takes off immediately and which kind of sends obviously trouble through their relationship she's always busy he's never the he can't really be the focus right now. And this is still a very new relationship. And um, because he's struggling, she's actually able to get him a job doing music on uh, crime scene, which at first is good and kind of stabilizes their relationship and puts him in a better headspace. But then slowly it, when the more powerful she becomes on the show, uh, the more he's kind of uh, 
feels inferior because she had not only now is she like this big star, but she also had to get him his job. And it's kind of always a known thing around the set and everything mm-hmm. that that's kind of why he's there. So, um, and he kind of bring, blames his lack of creative fulfillment on her, though she, Whoa. yeah, though she's obviously not at fault. Uh, I mean, it's a, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a problematic relationship early on. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Plant the seeds, man. Um, but they finally, he finally comes to terms with the fact that it's not her that's blocking this creativity, that he's not challenging himself enough to go out and try anything. And the whole time she's still learning to be comfortable with this much attention because it's so fast and new. So they're both kind of dealing with those things. And he comes up with the Dracula idea at the end of the movie for the first time. And kind of, mm. you see him start messing with the keys for the Dracula song that he plays in the bar in this movie. And um, even though they both kind of reconcile at the end and both realize that it's, you know, neither one of the problems were necessarily the other's fault. Mm-hmm. It does kind of set up this kind of graduate type ending of this is, there's still problems there that aren't mm. being addressed. Nice. Yeah. Darker tone. Yeah, yeah, well. Right off in the bus. Uh, and it's meeting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> meeting Sarah Marshall, forgetting nice. Sarah Marshall, remembering, remembering Sarah, Sarah Marshall. Marshall. I love it. What a great trilogy. <laughs> great job, guys. Both Thanks. of you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Well, if you're ready to, to step outside of uh, the romantic comedy, uh, I got a nice Douglas Sirk, Written on the Wind, Rebecca Hitchcock-style family saga for you. Bring it. All right. So, uh, Peter and Sarah have been together for a few years, but Peter has never met Sarah's parents, nor has he been to her parents' large, wealthy, upstate manor. Uh, it's been in their family for generations. Uh, so Sarah, finally, this trip is planned to go up, meet her parents, see the estate. Um, and now Hater is no longer Peter's stepbrother. He's Sarah's stepbrother and he has a wife. Uh, we have Sarah's parents who are both still alive, maybe a little older now at this point. Uh, and everyone who works at the hotel in Forgetting Sarah Marshall is now staff of the manor. Um, in different jobs that, you know, can help Peter along this kind of, like, it's not, this is not a comedy. This is a sweeping, melodramatic family saga. Um, And unbeknownst to Sarah, Sarah's parents had had also invited Sarah's old flame, who had been the boy next door, but, like, with, like, a secret, like, bad side. And I don't mean, like, bad to the bone, but, like, actual, like, kind of, like, nefarious side to him, um, who was away in war, and has just returned. Sarah did not know he was back. Um, so he's back kind of as a welcome home for him as well, but she didn't know he was going to be here. Uh, and so she's already kind of, like, conflicted because he's immediately coming on to her again, um, despite Peter's presence there. And then Sarah's dad informs her that the family has actually gone broke, and they have to sell the estate. So she starts crumbling, like, she thought one day maybe that they, that her and Peter could move up here, but then she's also kind of had this thing with Albus kind of reigniting, uh, Aldous, and, uh... You could be Albus in this one. Right, oh, thanks, so. So she kind of, like, um... So Peter, now kind of sensing this disconnect, this distance from Sarah, uh, falls into the arms of Rachel, the one of the maids here at the, at the house. Um, and they start spending more time together as Sarah's kind of being distant, spending all this time with her, arguing with her dad and her mom, and then kind of like falling onto the shoulder of Aldous, 
Um, Aldous is also going to work as a surrogate of... I can't remember his name. The ex-boyfriend in Forgetting Sarah Marshall of Mila Kunis. Greg. Greg. Greg, I love So that. he actually is going to... Um, Rachel, at like a big dinner, like screws up and like spills something. Maybe the cup, uh, the, the juice onto his shirt. And he flips out and he smacks her. Oh, jeez. Right. So Peter already is like, whoa, what the hell? You cannot do that. Um, and things kind of boil over into this big fight. Uh, Peter, uh, Aldous then reveals that he had previously slept with Rachel. And that's what broke him and Sarah up the first time anyway. Oh. Uh, so now he's getting like, so Peter end, ends up like, this ends up sending Peter off in this huge jealous rage. Uh, and we climax in a, Peter pulls a gun on Aldous and shoots him. Oh, And geez. kills him. And he is taken off to prison. And Sarah and her family are left in the ruins of this, not only uh, down downwardly financial estate, but also of of their family and Sarah's own whole persona. She's probably pretty wrecked from this. <laughs> I could see. That. Yeah, I could Rachel. See that. So you know, think. Yeah, yeah. Think those like forties, like melodrama, Gone with the Wind, written on the wind. Question. And this one is called Illusions of Love. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> There's an overture. Is Kunu the, exactly the same, though? Yes, Kunu <laughs> is. Yeah. He's the comic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, he's like the gardener. Yeah. Uh, he's always out there and always a little aloof. Yeah, it's the comic relief, Kunu. for sure. Yeah. So there you go, illusions of love. Well, guys, as soon as you're done scoring, please pass your scorecards to the front of the Class 4 Final Edition. And as we do that, we move into our pessimistic end of the podcast, podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the duration of this film? Uh, well, I first off regret saying, insinuating that Hawaii wasn't in America. <laughs> yeah, uh -uh. sure. That was... Well, Trump's America, like, Brad. Yeah. I, I am sorry. Uh, and, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything I didn't mention that... Feels like it needed mention. I guess that's kind of it. Oh, I do actually want to mention how much I love that kind of the friendship that forms between Aldous Snow and Peter. Yeah. And that quick scene on the water when he tells him, like, oh, I, you know, was going through all this terrible music and Sarah's iPhone or whatever the hell it was at the mm -hmm. time. And there's one song I liked, and it was actually your song. It's this really gothic Neil Diamond. And he's like, it's actually exactly what I'm going for. <laughs> and then, like, Fuck, it's... you're cool. Yeah, yeah. It's such a funny... Because he's, like, the bad guy, but he actually ends up really being friends with Peter more than anybody else yeah. when it's all said and done. Even, like, when he sees him when he's about to leave, like, Peter kind of comes up, like, waving his hand at him, like, hey, buddy! And he's like, hey! Yeah. And they, like, high-five, and they're all... The pals now, it's a hilarious little element of this movie. Yeah, it really I is. I love all of those little things, too, because with Rachel and Sarah, you get that as well. We were talking a little bit about that scene where Sarah comes up and asks Rachel where a good sushi place is, and they have these shift, like shifting moments because on one level, they're, they're just, Rachel tries to console her from one girl to another, but then there's also this element of where... She keeps calling Sarah Miss Marshall because she's a guest of the hotel, and Sarah's never like, "Oh no, it's Sarah." She just like, yeah. Well, she still wants that power because she's exactly. still like the whole time. Peter's really nice. Like, right. well, then the moment too when she says, um, "Like you're so pretty." Oh yeah. no, you're so pretty. Like no, you're like so, so pretty. pretty. Yeah. And, and she it just lands like, it on her, <laughs> and she just like stops. Like oh, that like I'm not gonna win this. Yeah. yeah. And so just, I just have to like thank you. Thank you. It is a very. 
it's a really good scene. It is. It is. There's a lot of levels working there between I, those two. I also love that I kept expecting uh, Sarah Marshall to say something underhanded mm-hmm. to like really stick at, uh, maybe not underhanded to stick at um, Rachel, but something like that would cut away at her relationship with Peter and be like, it's just too bad he was a really tiny penis or something like, you know, like that or like, don't let him get lazy on you, or right. so like whatever her problem was. That would really like make her like rethink the relationship. But that never happens, she and never I like has. that. It's it makes it more real for me. Yeah, it's so subtle too. Trope, yeah. There are little things that they that scene is so subtle, and I love it. Yeah, uh, mine's actually we didn't I didn't really cu- mention uh, the one device that's kind of used in this movie, like the cutaways, the cutaway memories to the relationship. Mm. I normally don't like cutaway jokes because most of these are kind of jokes. Um, but they're all memories, which certainly helps, uh, not only show us them together, which we get to see almost none of outside of these memories, but, um, they're really funny and really well done. Like they're not so sparsely used, but they're not, you know, every other minute. I just, for a trope or or not a trope, a device I normally don't like, I think this movie uses them, uh, pretty near perfectly. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so you do that, man. You show me something I don't really care for and do it well and make me like it. Kudos. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. Guys, I got the points tallied. Uh, Brad, third place today. Boom. Still, a very high-scoring podcast. It was a, it was good all-around performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. 17.77 oh, yeah. points, and you came in third. That's high for third. Yeah, but that is. That is. Aaron and I, we got a real showdown. Ooh. Yeah. I had 19.65 points. Oof. Hard to top. And unfortunately, you did not top it. Uh, 19.25 points for you. I don't think I've ever heard you do it that way. What a twist. Making me the winner of this podcast. Not even bad. Uh, that was really well done. And I think every, almost every time you've ever done it before, if you That's set it up good. like that, yeah. it's like, a, but you got me. Uh, but the... The, the twist at the end. Yeah, yeah. The twist at the end. I'm That's sorry, Aaron. That's a twist. twist. A, maybe the highest second place I think we might have ever had on this That's show. Story really of my life. <laughs> <laughs> You're the highest second place we've ever had. Aaron, regardless, thank you so, so much for hours and hours of, of uh, that you've gifted to us of entertainment here on High on Film. Um, you are... You're here today because you are one of our favorite guests and one of our best friends. And we are so lucky you gave us these 10 episodes. This show is better for it. Aww. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. It was Anytime. our pleasure. The Clamped. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Anytime, except any more no. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's it. This is it. Um, would you like to plug anything? Sure. Uh, once a month. You can find me the first Wednesday of every month performing with my house sketch team at Westside Comedy Theater, the Back Alley Racket Club. And then once a week, um, from July through August, I will be performing once a week at Second City at 5 p.m. on Sundays with my team we just named and I cannot remember the name of. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 5 p.m. show Sundays at Second City. Those hot Los Angeles summer nights. Hot Los Angeles summer nights. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't work on Sundays. I can come. You should come. It's going to be real fun. I think I might. Yeah. Brad Davis, 
Chris Maxwell. Thank you as always, my friend. A pleasure. Uh, at BD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram, and I love you, Pittsburgh Pirates uh, baseball blog on my Twitter page or on Tumblr. There it is. I'm at cr- um, huh. mm, I'm at Cross at? Maxwell across your social media accounts. That's Chris with an O. Where the I should be at High on Film is the show. Wherever you'd like to find us, please. Even this late in the game, if you want to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, please go ahead and do so. Uh, we've only got three episodes left, and they're bangers. They're going to be awesome. Not that any of these ten have been nothing but uh, phenomenal. But these next three movies, I know what they all are. And they're pretty awesome. Um, including, I'll tease it next week, our third, first third guest ever, Jen Murray returns to watch Father of the Bride. First Steve Martin movie. I don't even want to talk about it. Still there's our There's our all-time podcast for Greg. Yeah, there, yeah. Spoiler alert. I've got some others. I know, but still, <laughs> I couldn't, when we figured that out, I truly couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, Brad, Aaron, thank you once more. Listeners, we love you. We'll see you next week with uh, our first third guest ever and a new movie. Follow the bread. Goodbye. <laughs>